welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Fabian Ox, Harry Cotty, Rennie Rendick, and Juan Carlos Guzman Monet to discuss how do we implement agile methodologies in the workplace. Before we get into the topic in a bit more detail, we're going to work our way around the room with some introductions. So Fabian, would you like to kick us off? Yes, thank you. So I'm Fabian. I'm the development director at Nexus, responsible for our identity management solutions. So I'm leading several teams and coordinating them, developing the latest security features for our customers. And I've been in IT basically all my life doing all kinds of things about development and operations. And I'm enjoying puzzling all kinds of things and organizing teams to solve the issues at hand. So in my uh, free time, I'm a family man. I'm kind of outdoorsy and enjoy being outdoor for mountain biking and rock climbing mainly. Thanks. Nice. Lovely. Um, Next, Harry. Hello. Hi, everyone. My name is Harry Koti. And I'm working in Telia as a delivery lead. Uh, I had 10 years experience in industry, but for the first nine years, I was working as a mineral processing engineer in India. And I, I moved to Sweden when my wife got an opportunity to work in Sweden. And I also shifted here to pursue my higher education. So after coming to Sweden, I have done my master's in industrial management. During that time of the second yeah, I got an internship in Telia, and after the internship, I got an employment in Telia. So currently, I'm working as a delivery lead. Yes, thank you. Nice. And thank I'm you. excited to be part of this podcast, and I've never done a podcast before, so I'm really excited. Good, I'm glad. Um, Rene, you next. Thanks, yeah. My name is Rene Rendis. Uh, I have about 20 years of IT experience from software development, IT support, and CEO kind of type of roles. Uh, Currently, I'm working as a DevOps manager with Hilti uh, in Liechtenstein, Hilti's headquarters. Uh, I'm basically responsible for DevOps teams, and we are kind of supporting and running the DevOps practice uh, for our software solutions. I'm also kind of ETIL certified and SAFE Agilist. Uh, most of my experience is from project and process and delivery management side. Uh, and I've been working across Europe in different countries like Russia, Cyprus, Sweden, UK, and now in Switzerland and Liechtenstein. Yeah, thanks. Lovely. And last but not least, Juan. Yes, hello. My name is Juan Carlos Guzman Monet. I, I work in Telia as a head of software management and quality assurance in the network services and delivery organization. Uh, I have been in Tele for already 11 years and uh, have been in the telecom business uh, already 27 years or so. I have been uh, working with software development and project management and process development, business transformations uh, for the last uh, seven years. And uh, it's a very excited uh, work to do. I have been, I am a skilled agile framework uh, Program consultant, SPC. So I have been doing the working in Telia in the implementation of the Scale Agile framework, uh, the ITIL processes and the project management. So combining all these different areas together. And that is what we call our common delivery model. That is something that I have been doing in the last uh, two years. I have been very excited journey to drive this uh, Agile implementation for the 
for a company, building the business agility, as we call it. In my free time, I do play basketball, uh, walking, a lot of hiking in the forest and the mountains, and uh, enjoy my time with the family, with my kids as well. So that's what I do. Nice. Lovely. Thank you, Juan. So now that we've each gotten a bit more context to each of you, we'll move on to the topic in focus. So you've all prepared a question or a statement to do with how do we implement agile methodologies in the workplace? And as usual, we'll work our way around the room where you can each ask your questions and give your thoughts as well. So the first is your question, Fabian. How do you introduce new team based approaches and scale it to several teams? So tell us a bit more about your question. So the challenge is based on one actual challenge I faced about a year ago, how to introduce estimations in teams since there were some things around that didn't really work out well. So, and the idea was, which is part of many agile frameworks, to introduce a story point estimation and um, do this on a regular basis. So do refinements, estimate of things. And we have several teams um, that need those changes. And uh, the challenge was how we introduced this, that this really works for every team. And that not every team needs to do exactly the same things, but um adjusted to their needs so what we came up with we got together with the organizer and scrum master of one of the teams worked out an initial experiment so had this experiment set up with a team in a workshop so to orient them how to do it what to estimate and all that and stated this officially in the whole company that we do an experiment on this and ask them after the experiment to share their thoughts so what really was important before that was to yeah, set a stage of the duration, set some amounts of data, some things that we want to gather to really say whether it worked or did not work, and that support the decision making by identifying the metrics behind that. So the important part about that was to yeah, have the commitment of the team, so we involved them right from the start and adjusted to their needs. Uh, we transparently, openly communicated about this and now do this on a regular basis in terms of refinements, always iterating over our backlog. And then at some point, it's like five months after when we gathered enough experience within the team. We well showed this to all the other teams, what we achieved there and try to find angles to scale this to the other teams, not copy paste it explicitly not, but scale it um, in a smart way. So connected the people between the teams on the specific topic and are now having three teams working with this and two more coming up in the upcoming month. And so far, they're quite excited to share their own experience. It's not something management pass on to them, but they created their way of working and shared this with the other teams. And so far, they're quite excited about it. So this is this is one thing. Of course, there are several things to introduce this, but this is one thing that really worked out well so far and that we intend to continue with other things to introduce in our teams. <clears throat> uh, yeah, just a comment. Yeah, I think that yes. is very, very key on, on implementing Agile is that it comes from the team itself, because especially most of the new kind of, if you say that kind of the enterprise scale Agile frameworks, they are quite heavy and quite restrictive on that side. But how sounded like you are kind of building that from the other way around that instead of dropping a framework on top of kind of the organization, you are going to one team at a time and kind of finding the pace and how they what Agile looks for that specific team. And uh, yeah, the, the challenge on that, on the other hand, will be that 
will it actually scale and will they be kind of able to kind of measure against each other and then how to drive then the whole organization to the same direction but i think i, I think uh, you have a really good approach there and especially that the team needs to be kind of building that agile rather than just kind of drop yes. something that is dropped on them and you hit the exact spot so um not just it's not just about the estimations but implementing an, an agile culture and and this agile spirit entirely which was not there at least not to the extent i would like it to be so and dropping heavy theory onto them would create a, an opposite effect so um getting them along convincing them with a why with a good reasoning why we need this to to come along really worked out well so far yeah and, and the, I think the estimates is always a, the that is usually the most fun part of of kind of introducing agile when people have to actually estimate and and then kind of the met, the mentality that you think on the complexity of a task and always relative estimates rather than real estimate that how many days it doesn't matter but just is it more complex something that you did yesterday. Yes. And that's the question that you're basically asking. And, exactly. and it's, for engineers, that is the most difficult answer to give it vaguely. <laughs> they want to know the facts. Yeah. Just just to add, add a comment, and then I'm happy to open this up even further. Um, this this came to me. I was a software engineer in the beginning of my career, doing backend development mostly, and that always puzzled me to give an exact numbers an hour. That's not not possible in many tasks because. <laughs> Our job is basically discovering the problem and and being smart about the solution. And this is really hard to put in time. Doing this in, in an abstract way and have a sum of different things and its time set works out much better than, than specific uh, time-based estimations in general, in my experience. No, I would agree with you, uh, Fabian, uh, exactly the same way that um, also what you say that is a very hard to to do these estimations and what uh, and especially this relative estimation uh, because many times if you look about one of the principles of agile is that you are learning constantly uh, from what you did yesterday and then how you get a, a new work you can it's very difficult to compare something new to something you have learned how you can extrapolate that new knowledge with the all the acknowledgement what you have done. So it's something that we need to, to take into consideration. It's just an estimation, it's not the, the real numbers. And that is one thing we need to so think about many times. Yes, exactly. And, and in my experience, um, people need to practice this a lot. This doesn't work right from the spot. That's something you need in your, your everyday life in, in work and do it on a regular basis. And it improves with time and it also captures this like team spirit. So um, in Agile, my experience, it's not about controlling things and knowing it to the exact narrowed down detail. It's much more about opening up a frame that people can bring in their own ideas. And sometimes you you find a solution where you didn't, didn't count on it in the beginning. And enabling this with an iteration on the problem on a weekly basis um, goes exactly in that direction. And another good thing that's coming from it, if you do this exercise, you tend to have less overlapping stories. So that's also something that we, we tackle on an everyday basis or on every sprint basis to try to confine the stories into one sprint and not onto a two or, or several sprints, which it's, it's against the, the idea. So iterate over it and not prolong the things that you're doing. Harry, have you got any thoughts about how you'd introduce something to a team? 
Mm, not really, no. <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. Has anyone else got any other final thoughts or anything they want to say on Fabian's question? Uh, just maybe last comment on, on that, what about opening up basically, uh, that is something also maybe in, in general that Agile is the way of, of thinking and then especially that that you let the teams go free and that's I think the, the difference from the traditional waterfall or even even with the big frameworks where you have a specific kind of you're trying to narrow it down and get this predictability and then basically instead of trust. So do you want to exact estimates or do you trust the team that they will do the right thing? And I, I think the balance between these two is, is usually that if you find the right balance, you, you are good doing good, but sometimes you go either way too much towards the kind of the restrictive rules or then on the other hand, there is and there is no trust enough, not enough trust available for the team to yeah. kind of actually have this high high performing team. Can I comment on that because this is a very important thing. You you say the word predictability, and I think that I think it's very important that uh, and that is also very much related to the word trust. I believe that, in my opinion, that you you are and that leads also to leading the teams and the working. So you have. When you are predictable, you are trustable, and that is something that I think is very important and relevant to have that. Uh, and also, one of the things that the agile brings us is that uh, also when you look about the scaling, is this uh, what we call the the trust, predictability, and also the the collaboration and the feedback loops. That was the what I mean in that. Okay, you need to get feedback fast, and then by able to when you get the feedback fast, you can uh, act faster and then you can move forward. You are learning and that is something of the, I would like also to mention the word principles. The agile principles is very important to scale the way of working, the agile way of working within the organization. Because as you mentioned, uh, Fabians, you want to also to scale those principles into the other teams. And then what work uh, is important that uh, there is a common set of principles that will enable the teams to work based on, on those and then they can scale that even further. So that is something I wanted to bring. Exactly. And I got one more, if I may. So um, what came out of it, um, uh, introducing this estimation and, and capacity planning framework to our teams was a, a story point estimation naturally, but it was different for every team and we treat this as their currency. So there's a lot of trust going into that currency and the currency differs from team to team. So you can't have a 10 story in one team be the exact same as a 10 story in the other team. So this is getting more complicated, but in my opinion, it's worth it because exactly what you just said, it's about the trust in the team, how they came up with it and they try to yeah, deliver on, on their promises. This is also based based on the trust in giving them the trust that they rated exactly and getting back that trust to, to have that deliver and in time. So mostly it working not all the time since since unforeseen things do happen, but it's much better than, than what we had before. Nice, lovely. Well, we will move on to Harry's question next. And Harry, you asked, how do you measure the Agile team's performance using metrics? So tell us a bit more about your question. Mm, yes. So coming to the question, like how do we measure the Agile team performance using metrics? As in the Agile way of working, there are not clear, like it's a framework and they're not hard and fast rules like you need to do like this. 
but in the software development life cycle we are like having many stages like we start from the like getting the requirements and track the project and after while developing the de developers also yeah before that like the, in the agile team there are many people who are of different competencies and the thing which they think like the definition of good for each one is different like if you consider a product owner he may think that if a product is developed with a more features it's a good product and similarly a developer he says if the code is good then it's a good software or good feature and like manager product manager within the budget and within time it's good so everybody needs to be aligned in developing the feature or product and there are many stages like project project tracking and we have the, for the developers they have the source control and continuous integration and deployment and application monitoring so we need to collect all the data points like from each stages so that we can understand like how the team is performing so if we consider like in the project management tools like if in our company we are using jira so if we consider and collect the data from the project tracking tools we'll know whether the team is meeting the commitment or not based on that we'll try to understand whether what is the velocity and we can plan according to it similarly if you consider the other stages of software development life cycle like source control from the developer's perspective we know how much the code is getting built or whether the developers they are whether the team is working together or not and in the continuous integration we understand like how long it takes to get that things right and or in deployment continuous deployment how much faster are we giving getting the changes to the customers like if we develop something and if the stakeholders has to change the change or update the feature how much time we are taking to change make the changes and also application monitoring like how well the system is performing or the customers using our features so there are many data points which we can collect based on that we can understand the team performance as well as the product performance so this is the main like idea for me to like frame this question so and yes any comments yeah many things came to mind <laughs> as you were speaking uh, and i think first of all i think you are exactly right that you can measure so many things uh, in in there's so many data points and at least what i've noticed in the past when ever implementing agile the key is to kind of you need to select a specific area that you want to improve because basically whatever you will be kind of highlighting as the important metrics that will be impacted and people will focus on that if that is kind of like like the number of deployments or number of comments or or kind of how long kind of the hitting the commitments in jira or stuff like that there's so many avenues you can kind of get into kind of improving but definitely you should always have a what is the cause of first of all you using agile or is there a problem in some area that you would like to improve or is there something that you are kind of the world class that you would like to really polish to the last and those areas you should be measuring and again the problem is not the amount of data available but it's it's kind of the opposite because basically you have all the tools and the data is in the tools but yeah just as a as a first thought that really yeah. trying to understand what is the problem you are trying to solve exactly like what are the questions we need to ask like which is the most important question we need to solve like the problem exactly i agree and mm -hmm. it's a continuous process we need to always do this thing and it's a yeah 
continuous process. Yeah, yeah make, maybe another also, because there is one thing that you are running the Agile, and then there is this transformation that you are moving, let's say, from waterfall, or you are just introducing Agile. And mm -hmm. how do you want to measure, basically, how Agile is your company? What is the measure for that, for example? And then, but then there is this, let's say, that you have been doing it for some years, or you already implemented, and then it's kind of business as usual, and then the measures should be different. You should be focusing on different areas than in the beginning. And I think that is uh, the transition from something else on a development process to an agile framework or agile way of working. There you should have to be able to identify what should be changing when you are moving to agile. And those are the things that you should, should be kind of in the first place uh, looking into that is the movement happening to the way I, I want it to happen? Yes, so I fully support stating that it's important what you're aiming for. So um, create a solution space that you, you want to go for. And there are basically two things. So measuring data is one thing, drawing conclusions is, is the other, and be mindful about that. And about the, the first one, especially gathering data. And if you find um, some, some metrics that you want to use, I'd suggest doing this transparently with the team together. So um, if you find something that you want to look into, maybe create dashboard or have some some um, historic data that graphs it even better to commonly look upon it and then sometimes ideas are coming from team members where you would least expect it and use this power use that that mindset within the team um, to to improve things in general and about data so there's like for me there's two kinds of data. So there's ones about the hard factors so code quality static code analysis uh, amount of critical bugs found for release, something like that. And there's more soft factors. How's the team doing? How happy is the team? How, mm -hmm. how good they are in delivering? So, and uh, for the soft factors, um, I came across what, what Spotify introduced a few years ago, this is Squad Health Check. And I don't know if you're, you're aware of this. So this is a really good instrument to do like quarterly uh, team health checks and asking people in the team how they're doing. So how happy are you with your everyday uh, working here? Or uh, do you feel like a, a pawn or a player in how you develop software? Is there, um, a, how do you rate our delivery? Or is what we deliver a good thing to you? Something like this, and this is more the soft factors. But mm -hmm. in this discussion, when this discussion comes up, people are usually quite open to state what they want to improve and what they want to look into. And this is something I usually use as a um, like pool of, of things to look into and work with to, to improve everything for our people and of course our customers in the end. I wanted to very good. I, I wanted to bring one thing that came to my mind. I think going a bit back into the problem, the problem we want to solve. I, there is a phrase I, I learned from today I was looking one friend of my computer have the, the stitch uh, say that love the problem not the solution i think that uh, it's a very nice uh, words uh, because uh, when we have the problem and then the the solution is something that will be many of them so it's not only one i i really like that very much and what you mentioned also fabian about, about this uh, the factors this data the heart and the soft I think that is a very important element, especially in this uh, agile way of working. That is uh, very important to have because I think that the teams are 
one of the things that I noticed in many teams when you are in the agile way of working, uh, some people feel that, okay, there is no planning at all. Uh, and then at the same time, the, there is more planning, there is more coordination, and then not all the people are very happy about moving into the agile. And this is something that I, uh, at least in, in, in some of the teams we have been working, they have been quite cons concerned that, okay, this is not really, uh, they feel sometimes that they are not agile because they they used to work in a different way and they are not happy about it. So that is something that one of the fact I think that issue we need to look about again principle, what are the agile principles, how we should work, and then at the same time looking okay how the team feels about the way of working and what does it mean agile for them, as was previously mentioned. I think that is something that we need to uh, be aware of uh, because uh, otherwise uh, is not uh, successful. And there is one more comment I wanted to bring up also that uh, looking about this, uh, about the measurements that you uh, were looking at uh, is also when we look about the Agile, I think one of the, the things that I have understood is about the value delivery. And, uh, and then how do you define the value of what you are supposed to deliver? That is another thing that who determines that. And that is something that we need to look at and uh, from the predictability point of view and then what we have done and how do we define it. Maybe when we have the user stories, we have the features defined that we define what is the benefit hypothesis, why we are doing this. Answer to that question, why is this important? That is also which is very important to have and then we can look at, okay, we predicted to deliver that much, but we did that much and that is to compare this value delivery and uh, it's very important from the team's point of view or for the organization as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what you said last, I think is very important. Explain the why. This is this is crucial in almost everything you do, um, changing the teams, updating teams and, and helping them, but always explain why we're doing that. Same was true also for introducing the, the estimation thing that we did. So why do we need this? So that we can build roadmaps in the end. And then with a good reasoning, People usually tend to to follow up on that, and then you have something to work with. Same goes for metrics and measuring things. Yeah, I think one thing regarding that: why do we need to do, and that people need to understand. But the reason usually why people want are kind of kind of saying that why do we have to do this? It means that something is difficult, something is new, something is strange, or the tooling is not correct. And actually, I find those are good indicators. If people are challenging something that, hey, why do we need to do this? Then what is, why is it so hard to do it? And kind of actually going also to the detail that how are we using the tools? And like, like Harry was mentioning, like Jira, that is not an agile tool, but <laughs> we are using it for, for measuring agile. So it is kind of it's easier, especially if you have a kind of old setup for Jira and suddenly you now start working on sprints and yeah, then the tool itself is not helping you to kind of achieve that. But if uh, you really need to also visit the tools that you use to, to kind of get to that and also what Fabiano kind of the, the soft, how people are feeling about the change because it's not always just the hard facts on the code quality, but also kind of 
code quality might go up, but people are getting totally frustrated because the tooling is bad or it's not easy way of working, but they are doing it because they have to and they understand the importance, but they are getting dissatisfied, even though you might be looking kind of the metrics that looked at, hey, this team velocity is increasing, we are getting faster, we are getting better roadmaps, but people are getting sick leave and people are leaving and kind of if we forget the other side of the coin. Nice, lovely. We will move on to your question next then, Renee. And you asked, what is the biggest blocker to implementing Agile? So tell us more about your question. Yeah, so this basically on some of the organizations that I've been uh, and uh, looking and implementing, kind of introducing Agile is that I've come to across that usually the the risk or kind of the, it's not a technical challenge or even people challenge, but it is a lack of trust that is kind of, that the management is not willing to give that trust to the teams. And especially in organizations that might have a big history or of doing way with very high hierarchies. And then when you introduce a natural framework where you actually give a lot of power to the developer itself and that kind of empowerment should be the the, the key driver it, it has been sometimes kind of a, a challenge to kind of change it's not because the engineers or the developers are not able to <laughs> move with the with the new but it's actually then the management who is not willing to let go of that especially that transition phase where you might have this that you don't have enough data to get that visibility to the future and on the other hand kind of that do we can we now trust that they are doing all the best that they can but uh, have you kind of do you agree on this or have you noticed some other blockers on on, on your kind of introducing agile to organizations so i fully fully support that sorry i fully support that trust is one of one of the crucial points about this and i've been in transformations and one of them uh, senior management uh, became impatient after like one and a half months. So why are not we delivering more? And uh, I think this is one of the, the hardest nuts to, to crack, so to say, um, to really make that change because we need to involve everyone and we need to involve them for the journey ahead. It's not a, a one month, two month journey, but it will take months and even years because it's for some, depending on the mindset before, it's a, it's a mindset change, a cultural change, empowerment of the teams. And it means usually losing some kind of control. Usually that kind of control was partly at least imaginary. Things did go wrong uh, eventually, so you, you, you can't control everything, but putting that trust in there and the empowerment of each team and developer, that is that is key. And this is one of the, the biggest blockers in transformations they, that, which are not accepted from, from senior management. So that is also what I would do first. Um, being bluntly honest to senior management about what it's what's about to happen and uh, have their commitment. Otherwise, they will get impatient eventually, and that will will haunt you in the end. <laughs> yeah, and I think that is yeah, exactly the crucial part is that timeline that when will they see the change and when will they have that improvement? And I think that is also maybe you all there have also reference to, to Spotify, who is kind of one of the leading <laughs> agile kind of trendsetters and then kind of when they see some brochure or hear a presentation in some kind of convention that, hey, we did Agile and suddenly we are doing this many sprints and this velocity and we were able to release beta release in three months and they expect that somebody who is just introduced to Agile can do that same thing immediately. And kind of, I think that 
managing of the expectations from the management is super important, especially to towards the timeline, timeline uh, side of things. Yes, if, uh, I, I, I would agree also what you said. If, uh, I think that uh, the management, uh, I think that is one of the major sources of uh, failure in this implementation of Agile in the organization. I agree with you 100% with that uh, because of the loss of control as that was already mentioned. And also looking about the project managers, they uh, they also, in some cases, you have the project managers that wants to, they are used to have that they decide how we're going to implement the project. And that is something we need to to, to look at. I, that is one of my experience. Then. And then when you are implementing the work, then, then the, if you have project managers in the organization, they still want to be involved with the teams, talking to the teams to know, okay, what are you doing, how we're going to there, and when we're going to get the things done. That is not necessarily the right way of working. We need to track the teams. They need to have that information available, what they need to do, and the prioritization. I think the prioritization is one of the very critical elements of implementing Agile. You don't have your backlog prioritized. You might not get the things done at the same time. There will be changes to the backlog and you need to be aware of it. It's not something that your backlog is fixed. It's something that is constantly living with it. So that uh, is very important as well element. Uh, the prioritization and also have the courage to say no, some request that has been requested from and say that, okay, we cannot do it now, but we can do that later because we have something that is more of a higher level of priority at this point. This is a very critical element, in my opinion, for us uh, to do in the agile implementation. And the uh, third element, yes, and the third yeah, element, just, yep, go ahead. Yeah, just commenting on the prioritized backlog, I think that's something that just has come lately many times and, and again when somebody is asking something if you have that prioritized backlog you it's so easy to have that discussion that hey if we have these 100 items on the backlog which way does does it belong against them and when you don't have that prioritized backlog everybody thinks that there is most important but when you can clearly show that hey we have this backlog in priority order and if you want to put it on top of that you need to have that discussion that okay this will be pushed down and then and, and it's so much much easier at that point yes i also agree with the prioritization like if you are working in cross cross-sectional team cross-functional teams and if one team prioritizes and other team is not prioritizing the same thing and if you are having dependencies then it's difficult to deliver the value and it mostly it happens when they are not in the same agile release train yeah. Yeah, and I would would um, also add the requirements engineering in general that is reflected by by the backlog. So priority is is crucial, but also um, how you formulate this. So the this kind of story type is so powerful if you do it right, and it's just one sentence. But this one sentence explains so much, and the why especially uh, added up with acceptance criteria. This is this is from my experience key in implementing it and resolves a lot of blockers because it gives teams accessibility to what's happening. And on top of this, is it embraces change because it's so easy to change this. You do it transparently, you, you do it in an open way and you iterate over it as to, uh, same as you do with your software. You iterate over it and the refinements and 
you reevaluate this and this creates this kind of linking from your software to your teams to the requirements coming in and then um, there's some magic happening. The magic is the collaboration that takes place. So people communicating to each other about this and this results in um, having like a welcome culture to changes. So changes are not seen as this, this doom thing uh, that's haunting you, but oh, cool, we have something new. Let's tackle this, let's, do, let's go for it, let's do this. And having this kind of mentality makes your team really, really powerful in the end. So. That's the sweet spot I'm always looking for. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is, uh, just, I think also when you mentioned the, the project management and, and uh, kind of gathering the requirements and especially the traditional project manager who wants to gather detailed requirements and then hand it over for development. And I think that's again a big, big challenge for some, some people who have not worked in Agile is that instead of kind of detailed requirements, you have a shared understanding on the solution and, 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 and again, really emphasizing on that why is this needed, this feature or this yes. function, or what what sh should it be doing? And kind of, and if the engineer then who receives that understand why something is needed, he can actually iterate on the solution without the requirements. But again, it comes down to the if there is no this understanding of why something is needed, it's really hard. Then you will need the detailed requirements. Okay, what do you want me to do? And and kind of so it's a shift from that that okay, I'm writing exit. Ex all the acceptation and all the rules and all everything already on the requirements rather than saying I need a button that does this because our customers are doing what 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 and then it is so much kind of kind of easier to take ownership of something like that. Yeah, just to let the quick comment to add on this. So if that works out in the end, this is usually called innovation. But this is nothing you really can plan for. You need to make room for this to happen. And yeah, smart people coming up with cool ideas to tackle the problem at hand. Yeah, and again, if if you kind of uh, re gather requirements until you can kill innovation by requirements, that's a very very easy way to kill all all kind of this uh, kind of uh, excitement for something. Yes, I think that uh, I would agree with you, Rene. I think that if you look about looking about uh, what we were saying before about a problem you want to solve. If you state the issue in the way of a problem you want to solve, then you get the innovation because there will be several alternatives to find the solution for it. And I think there is, and that is one of the things I like very much, design thinking approach, because then you have the problem and then you start to of defining it and then you start looking about what the different solutions are for them. And then this collaboration that you, Fabian, was talking about, that they are the magic the way the people are finding new ways and proposing solutions. That is something that is really, really critical for the success of them. Because otherwise we say that, okay, this is what I required. You already have the solution. So then the people will not know. But if you put the problem, okay, then let's find what are the different options for us to solve that problem. Yeah. I wanted to bring one more thing, if you don't mind, uh, also about uh, one problem that also wanted to bring that uh, you were asking, Rene, was about the strategic uh, approach of Agile from the point of view that we don't not always understand it. And I think that the strategic character of the decisions, if we have this prioritization, saying no to things, uh, putting the benefit, this is very important as well. I wanted to bring this that you say no to some things and you say yes to something. So that is 
decision strategy decisions that we need to take into consideration when we are working as well. So I wanted to also comment on that. Yeah, I think I totally agree. I think the most important thing of strategy is, is it tells you when do you say no. Because if without that strategy, you don't know what to say no to, what to say yes. But if a clear strategy statement is there, it should answer many of the questions. Actually, this is outside of the scope. This this is not the direction we should be going. I really totally agree. And just to quick comment on, on saying no. So no doesn't always mean we will never do this. Sometimes it also means it is reduced in priority and we do it in a transparent way. So everyone is aware of the reasoning why we did this. And usually this gets way more accepted than in a, in a way that we follow the best ROI possible for us. It's the classical yes, but no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nice. And last but not least, we'll move on to Juan's question. And you asked a couple of things, actually. Um, so you asked, why do you think that imp Agile implementations are hard to make? And what factors make Agile implementations successful? So tell us a bit more about your questions. Yes, uh, I I have been uh, doing this uh, Agile transformation uh, for quite some time uh, in the organization where I am and uh, in other organizations. And um, we we find that it's uh, pretty difficult and very hard to make, and uh, the teams and the managers and uh, it's a bit related to what you had uh, asked. And I wanted to know what what are the critical, in your opinion, the critical success factors for making the agile implementations in the organization. So that is my question. Yeah. So maybe just first things that come to mind is always that uh, again. Managing the expectation that we already a little bit touched, that what, what should we expect from the Agile transformation? What is the timeline? When should we see something? But then, of course, getting that low-hanging fruits, that there would be something visible as fast as possible and something that they can expect to see. Uh, and, and kind of finding that right angle, again, what, what Harry was saying, what should we measure? What is the problem we are trying to solve with, with Agile? Because Agile is not always the answer to every problem that you have in software development. That's also something that if sometimes you need to use waterfalls, you need to use Kanbans, you need to, so kind of, there's so many methodologies you can use. So make sure that what is the problem that you are trying to solve or improve with Agile? And then if you have that in mind, you can, get to that, okay, what is the lowest hanging fruit on this area that we can kind of introduce and show that, hey, this is actually working or it's not working in our organization and we can kind of uh, go, go from there. That's the first thing that's come to mind. Yes, I think a key factor to, to make it successful is in involving everyone in the teams. So, um, yeah, managing expectations from, from top to down, but also from, from bottom up and uh, do things across the board. So for example, have a good PO and stakeholder rounds where the prioritization of a backlog is, is key and a good structure of requirements engineering supports the development of an agile organization. On, a, on the other hand, introduce ceremonies that really um, give, give credit to the teams and are beneficial for the whole organization. And the more technical view on that as well, in my experience, it's always worthwhile to invest in automation. So automation is the, the key driver 
of of innovation and bring up cool ideas in the team because then you get rid of all the waste that you don't want to do manually but you can come up with the smart things that really benefit your organization in the end so these three things are uh, are highly valuable in my experience in, in any transformation and the one around all that is is the culture behind it so has like a, a just culture um that is uh, that is yeah based on on collaboration and uh, not assume things but really really talk to each other making sure you understood it right make screen shares to make it specific and always have demos so i try to um not have powerpoint in in my sprint reviews at all uh, i'm more happy with a with a broken demo than with any any tailored picture that is not reality because if you have demos if you do it real then people come up with with questions with ideas ah i saw that maybe we should improve that or you you learn about new tools because people just use it and you see that and this kind of culture of exchanging things uh, to each other really empowers everyone on the team because you do learning and you don't notice it <laughs> yeah, maybe piggyback on that uh, i think one of what you said also or kind of i was thinking on the tooling again because one of the things that big organizations especially they start reinventing the tooling that they have and for the fact for, for agile you don't you can get rid of the tools if you want because again the documentation and and kind of that communication and share getting that shared understanding you can do it with post-its notes or or yeah. kind of on a whiteboard uh, in, in in teams you don't need any special tool or any special configuration and that's why kind of but if you have a big organization it's good habit maybe to start as said with one team first and show okay let's drop this chira let's drop everything and then once you have the process down for that team how are they doing agile you can then mimic that to a tool rather than this is the tool that we use now to track agile and now everything needs to go that way but really much efficient i have noticed is that forget the tools in the beginning and then once you have exactly. the process down introduce yes. a tool that can imitate and mimic that process and automate then things that question maybe based on that to to all of you um have you been using re the real thing so post-its to create a backlog to create spins I, I did that but it was several years ago it got <laughs> even harder nowadays with all the remote work around so it's kind of hard to share post-its on a wall in a in a remote session so have have you done it um Doing it manually and process? Yes, yes, I did at the beginning. Yes, myself as well. So I, we had a big Kanban board in the in the area where we were working, and that was exactly was reminding. I, I came to my picture there once they posted when we used that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and also that was a couple of times when trying to implement that. What we have tried to copy that feeling of a post-it notes and, and that you have, there are pretty good road mapping tools and story mapping tools in, in there in the market now, especially now that the, the COVID came, it, it, I think it enhanced the, the development of those, but, but yeah. we had clearly implementing Agile with just post-its and especially if you are co-located, that's definitely very efficient for a small team of seven engineers something like that and then when you need to scale it you need to be able to kind of share that progress and that planning also and but then then you need to start introducing tools but the first set of kind of results and the first demo you should be getting there without any tools if if, if needs be i agree 
points. Nice. Has anyone got any other final thoughts? Any other questions that they want to ask each other? No? No? no. Good. Okay. We'll leave it there then. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Fabian, Harry, Rene, and Juan for providing your insights into the topic. And thank you to the listeners for listening as well. If you'd like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at abby.stokes at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.